the second Sunday after Trinity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, since you never fail to help and govern those whom you nurture in your steadfast fear and love, work in us a perpetual fear and love of your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday after Trinity is from the book of Proverbs, the ninth chapter. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city, Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This is the word of the Lord. In my distress I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. The epistle is from the first letter of St. John, the third chapter. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. 
But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy, Christian, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you have prepared This feast for our salvation. It is your body and your blood, and at your invitation, as weary souls with sin oppressed, We come to you for needed rest, for comfort and for pardon. Although you did to heaven ascend, 
Queer angel hosts are dwelling, and in your presence they behold your glory all excelling. And though your people shall not see your glory and your majesty, till dawns the judgment morning. Yet, Saviour, you are not confined to any habitation, but you are present even now here with your congregation. Firm as a rock this truth shall stand, Unmoved by any daring hand, or subtle craft and cunning. We eat this bread and drink this cup, your precious word believing that your true body and your blood our lips are here receiving. This word remains forever true. All things are possible with you, for you are God Almighty. Though reason cannot understand, yet faith this truth embraces. Your body, Lord, is even now at once in many places. I leave to you how this can be. Your word alone suffices me. I trust its truth unfailing. Lord, I believe what you have said. Help me when doubts assail me. Remember that I am but dust, and let my faith not fail me. Your supper in this veil of tears refreshes me and stills my fears, and is my priceless treasure. Grant that we worthily receive your supper, Lord, our Saviour, 
And truly grieving for our sins may prove by our behavior that we are thankful for your grace and day by day may run our race in holiness increasing. For your consoling supper, Lord, be praised throughout all ages. Preserve it for in every place the world against it rages. Grant that this sacrament may be a blessed comfort unto me when living and when dying. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you, that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. This is the word of the Lord. The prophet is he who speaks forth the word of God. Whether the people receive the word he speaks is not his concern, though he wishes that they would. Whether the people follow the word is not his decision, though he prays that they would. Whether the people hear him favorably, or cast him out, or even seek to kill him, is not a thought to the prophet. He will proclaim the word to the peaceful and to the hostile, to the rich and to the poor, to the favorable and to the obstinate. Why waste his breath and, with his tongue, put his neck on the line? That is a simple question to answer. Because the Lord's word, as the person and revelation of Jesus Christ, is more important than anything else in this life. And because the prophet knows this himself, and because the prophet is he who delivers this word of God by the command of God. The prophet is reflective of the God he serves. He is the messenger. When he speaks, it is the Lord speaking. What the Lord desires, the prophet desires. 
certainly not by the prophet's own choosing, but by the grace of God that uplifts the prophet and conforms him to God's will. No man chooses to be a prophet, for despite the few joys that a prophet may see, that life is one of hardship. As the world hates Jesus, so it hates all who follow Jesus, and especially does it hate those who preach Jesus. The prophet is chosen. He does not choose. He is selected and called and appointed to the difficult task of messenger, of speaking forth words he knows will be met with gnashing of teeth, with upraised fists, and perhaps even threats of death, of voicing invitations he knows so many will reject outright. Today is the commemoration of the prophet Jeremiah, often referred to as the weeping prophet. He authored one prophetic book that bears his name and another reflective of his title, the Book of Lamentations. Why does Jeremiah weep? Because God weeps. The prophet in his call is reflective of his God. The messenger is both the faith and the mouth of the master. Why does God weep? God weeps because his hall is not full. Even more so, God weeps that his hall is not full because of so many silly excuses, which are really nothing more than idolatry. Israel turned away from the God of her fathers to the false gods of the land around her. Jeremiah the prophet was called by the Lord to re-invite his people to the house of faith and prayer, even in the foreign land of Babylon where they were held captive. The Lord delivered his people from captivity in the past. Why would he not do so again? Assuming, of course, his people still desired to be his people. Many did not. And still today, many do not. The prophets are still coming. The messengers are still going out to tell the people that dinner is ready. Jesus says in his parable, The master sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. If you are not paying close attention, you will miss it. To those who were invited. This simple phrase is the explanation for the offense, the anger of the master. All the noblemen knew ahead of time that the banquet was to be held on this day. All of them had already received word and invitation. The messengers do not go out to invite, but to announce to those who have been invited that they may now come.
This makes the excuses that much more ridiculous. You knew ahead of time that this was the day of the Master's Supper, yet you want to look at ground on today of all days? You want to test oxen when your save-the-date is clipped to your fridge? Your wife is a literal ball and chain holding you back from this banquet you have known about for quite some time, and you cannot simply bring her with you? These are not excuses. They are confessions. An excuse might be understandable if the first time these noblemen heard about the banquet were at this very moment, but not when they have already been invited, already RSVP'd, and already assured the master that no food will go to waste. These are confessions about what matters. They are confessions of loyalty. They are stupid confessions, and neither land nor oxen nor wife is as good as the feast that these noblemen have thus rejected. They make stupid excuses, and they get stupid prizes. No feast, exclusion from that great banquet. How rude and selfish of them to do that to the master. A feast is here offered. Wisdom has prepared it and invites the simple, the children, to come and eat. The wise, however, are too wise to partake. They admit it themselves, and they offer excuses. What of you? Jesus is a bad dinner guest and an impolite man in general. He cares little for feelings. He cares little for woke ideology. He cares little for subjective realities. He cares for truth in a world of lies. His prophets, even and especially the weeping prophet, are charged with the unenviable task of maintaining this care for truth in a world that still is full of lies. So let the truth be seen. What about you? What impedes you? For what do you walk back your RSVP? What stupid excuses do you offer? What is your land? Is it literal land? Is it corn or beans? Is it livestock? Is it the honeydew? What is your oxen? Is it chores? Is it lack of sleep? Is it work? Is it business? Is it money? What is your wife? To what do you give yourself over? Is it your spouse? Is it fear of the opinions of others? Is it science? Is it your health? Is it your politics? 
Is it your opinions, your grudges, your hard feelings? Is it sports, tournaments, games, practices, and the like? What excuses do you offer? Or a better question, what confession do you make by turning your back on the supper with stupid excuses? Who is your God? All false gods will perish, and no excuses given for them will stand. Offer stupid excuses, and you too will receive one singular stupid prize, a door slammed and locked in your nose, while darkness envelops you and the smells and sounds of joy from within fill you with gnawing sorrow and regret over what you turned down and can never regain. So truly, why is it then that the prophet weeps? Prophet weeps because the Master weeps, because God weeps, because the Bridegroom weeps. And why does the Bridegroom weep? Because on the day of his wedding, his bride would not come. Not only would she not come, but she was already out betting other men. This is the spiritual interpretation of this parable. Repent. Turn away from excuses. Flee from the conflicts. Get out of bed with your enemies and run back to the bridegroom. The invitations were sent out years ago in baptismal waters, sealed with the seal of chrism. The messengers continue to go out, reminding you of those invitations, calling you into the great feast that takes place not only once, but weekly, regularly, in preparation for that grand feast into which you shall enter. There are no surprises here. There is only Jesus here. What stops you from being where he is? What is more important than his life-giving salvation? Truly, the people of God ought to desire nothing but Jesus and be willing to give up all to be with him. Is Christ greater than work? Is Christ greater than sports? Is Christ greater than grudges, ill will, or hard feelings? Is Christ greater than sleeping in? Is Christ greater than the opinions of others? Is Christ greater than all? The prophets are weeping because God is weeping. And God weeps from a broken heart. Jesus is the invitation, vellum with words of red inscribed with iron. Will you have him? Will you leave behind the land, the oxen, and the wife? Or will you make more stupid excuses 
and expect something other than a stupid prize in return. Think before you answer. And when you do answer, do not do so with words. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God and our Lord Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. For the Spirit of God to remain with his Church, to defend and protect her from adversity, to preserve her from heresy and schism, and to be the breath of divine bellows that stokes the fire of faith and pure confession, let us pray to the Lord. For the people of Christendom, that residing within the Holy Catholic Church they would inhabit a city of God apart from the world, for steadfastness and boldness in word and deed, for hearts of martyrs, that all Christians would remain faithful amidst every assault of the world, even unto death, and for all who bear the holy orders of the ministry, let us pray to the Lord. In thanksgiving for regeneration and rebirth in the Spirit, for an increase of piety, love, and devotion among those reborn, and for faithful lives that live upon the way, seeking to give all in service of the gospel, let us pray to the Lord. In thanksgiving for the work of the Lord to defend life within this country, for compassion and appropriate care to all mothers with children, for true men to defend the defenseless and honor their duties as father, and for further reform within our land to honor the dignity of the person, let us pray to the Lord. For this country and all within her who serve to govern and to rule, for those who strive to preserve and uphold law and good order, for those who defend this country and her people, for kindness and compassion among the peoples, for peace and prosperity, and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance from every sin, error, evil, discord, and strife. For an end to violence, war, bloodshed, sedition, and rebellion. For the work of God to chasten and to heal. For the conversion of the pagans and the return of the apostate. For the destruction of the proud and the upright and blessing to the meek and for eyes to see and hearts to receive the love of God, let us pray to the Lord. For all enemies and persecutors of the faith, for mercy to the sinful, for provision to the innocent, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the abused, and the needy, and for the comforter to heal the downtrodden, raise up the brokenhearted, and dispel the poisons of resentment, hatred, and scorn among the people of God. Let us pray to the Lord. For the healing touch of Christ as the Spirit so delivers, for the preservation of the body against all trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, for our brethren Sherry, Pam, Shelley, Doug, Shirley, Sean, Brooks, Pam, and Nancy, for comfort to those who mourn, 
and in thanksgiving for all new life and bodily preservation in the new hope of our Lord's return, let us pray to the Lord. Almighty Father, everlasting God and Lord, we sing with tongues of angels that you are holy. Though we cannot now comprehend you, grant us to know you. Though we cannot now see you, grant us to see your work. Though we cannot now gaze into the depths of your mind and will, grant us to gaze into the depths of your love. For you have given us your only begotten Son and his Holy Spirit, that through them we would be united to you even as we are pilgrims in this life. Joined to Christ, let us be branches of one vine, united in the spirit of peace, love, joy, and compassion, and bearing these fruits as a living body, held together by the bonds of Christ's own flesh and blood. Just as this bread is gathered from countless scattered grains and the wine from many grapes, so may your church be gathered together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom by this same Jesus Christ our Lord, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> 